Hello, and welcome to the homeschool planning period. This is Tamu. And this is Kim with tips, tools, and tricks while quarantine teaching in 2020. First of all, we would like to say that we hope this episode answers many of the questions you've sent us. We think it will. Also, you might be wondering why this episode is so long. It's because we have guests. We were so excited to interview a panel of elementary experts. So you will hear from Nikisha Jackson, principal of West Education Campus, Sherelle Johnson, fourth grade teacher at Atlanta Heights Charter Schools, Francis Smith, third grade teacher at Drew Charter School, and Corell Williams, She's a third grade teacher at the Main Street Academy. These teachers will share with us how they are managing their classroom, as well as give you some of our parents some tips to engage your children at home. Listen, we want to see you guys not merely surviving during the season, but we want you to thrive. Regardless of whether you decide to continue homeschooling after this, we want you to have the mindset that you and your family will be better from this experience. So take advantage of this time. That's really our prayer for all of you. Amen, Kim. That is the absolute truth. Keep attempting each day with grace and gratitude. We are so thankful to the four Lady Rock stars that we spoke with. Their enthusiasm to reach their children and bridge the homeschool gap for working parents is remarkable. We were both so impressed and encouraged by their genuine care and concern for their students. So in Georgia, our governor a few weeks ago announced that the schools would not reopen due to the COVID-19 crisis. We asked the Georgia teachers how they felt about that. Let's hear their responses. You know, um, this is Francis talking, you know, so I'll be honest with you, when I found out on Wednesday, I was really saddened by it because, of course, you know, we don't want the the school year to end like this. We want to be able to see our kids at least to say goodbye before the school year ends. So it was it was it was it was a little difficult for me initially, you know, but I'm knowing that they are, you know, safe makes me, you know, and that we're all safe. You know, that's that's the, the, the good thing. I got emails from parents saying that kids were in tears, of course, you know, because they wanted to come back to school. And like Francis said, you know, they wanted to see us and, and have say proper goodbyes. I just actually today cleaned out some stuff from my classroom right before this meeting. And it was kind of surreal, you know, cleaning out the classroom without the kids there, doing the final cleanup, taking stuff home, with knowing that I won't see them again for the rest of the semester. So that's, that's rough. That's, that's, you know. Yeah, and then even when they come back, they'll be in a whole different grade. So that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's even harder for the kids who are like graduating like fifth grade and eighth graders who are leaving and won't see, like won't be able to come back to friends next year. Oh my goodness. It was interesting to hear from each of the teachers and how their schools were working towards 100% of the students having access to the needed technology. It really was. There is an authentic desire from the school district to ensure that the students have access to the tools that they need for their success. And right now, that's computers or tablets and internet connectivity. Let's listen to their response. Well, our school offered um, technology to those students who didn't have it and they provided, you know, contact information for like Comcast so they could get free internet. 
Um, and that's how come I was just able to go to school today because today is the final. They know that the governor has announced that school will be closed for the rest of the semester. Our principal, our admin team is actually at school right now until six o'clock this evening, ensuring that all of our families have access to technology. So as homeroom teachers, what we did was after the first week of instruction, first week of distance learning, those students who had not logged in or hadn't completed any assignments, hadn't been to any online classes, we you know reached out to their parents i called i had maybe four kids in my homeroom i reached out to their parents to find out if they had technology you know explain that the school offers it you know please just go by to you know go by to school collect a chromebook for the rest of the semester or for as long as we're going to be out and now that it's the rest of the semester they get to keep it until until may until report card time so our kids now i have 100 percent in my homeroom and we're working on that for the entire school yeah, luckily for luckily at my school, all of my students have access to computers, but they're it. But the students that don't have access, the school is doing a loan out system. So the parents can go and they can check out laptops and Chromebooks. So they do have something in place for those families who don't have uh, access to internet and free Wi-Fi also, which is good. I can share for our, for our school. So we're yeah. a the one school. So most of our kids um, are low income um, kids, but we've actually had a really good attendance rate for online learning. So we're averaging between around like 83% of our kids have been logging into live lessons every day. Um, our district has prioritized, of course, giving high school kids technology, high school and middle school, because of course they're going to, to college and they're going to high school next year. So it's, the stakes are higher for them. But we have been able to um, give out devices, loan devices to families. So we have families coming every day. Our team has been reaching out to, to parents to see what those barriers are. If kids aren't attending, we're monitoring that very closely so we can call and say, hey, mom, we missed so-and-so today. You know, and they may say, you know, they're sharing advice with multiple siblings. So we, um, we actually have been giving out devices and have pretty high engagement um, given the circumstances. I love how each school has individualized their expectation to each child's ability during this time. It should definitely relieve some pressure for our parents. However, parents, we have to keep our expectations high, but also let our children do the work. They are quite capable. Um, for the first week, uh, we had a lot of parents sitting, and I still have parents even just now before I came on with you guys, I had a science class and I had parents you know, standing by in mm -hmm. case the kids have any problems with technology. But that first week, we had quite a few parents sitting in, and we welcome, you know, I tell my parents, I send a, you know, a letter out to them saying, if you want to sit in on a lesson, if you want to sit close by, you can't do the work for the kids, but if you want to sit in, you know, you can. So we've had that very first week, we had quite a few parents, you know, help the kids with, with the technology. Um, okay. even, although they, you know, they're used to Google Classroom and stuff in class, but having to use the other platforms at home, you know, and the kids were actually teaching the parents quite a bit too. So ours varies by grade level. So we have, we're doing, we're doing online um, live lessons for pre-K all the way through eighth grade. So of course, for the younger kiddos, um, pre-K through second in particular, we have a lot of parents sitting there supporting the parents are working next to the kiddos. Um, but for older grades, they've, they've used Microsoft Teams, they've, they've used those, those platforms before. So they're not um, as, um, present with older kids, but definitely for younger ones, parents are, are right there. We're working on letting parents not tell kids the answers. Let the children do the work. <laughs> so we've had to have some parent conversations about, you know, what support looks like and what it should look like. So, um, you know, it's new for them. So, we, you know, we, we get it. But 
um, definitely for younger kids, we have a lot, of, a lot more parent um, involvement. Okay. Well, you said let let the um let the child finish their grade by themselves. Like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. And I was gonna say too, just um, piggybacking off Carol. Same with me. I the third graders they started out that first two weeks with the parents kind of helping them out, but as we moved on to the third week, everyone was by themselves, and it seems like they're more independent now, so they're able to log on and and do everything on their own. So it sounds like you're getting a lot more parental involvement <laughs> during this um, online time. Absolutely. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that good or bad? Like, you know, and how do you, where, I guess you have to just individually, I talk to each individual parent where you're like, okay, I'm glad that you're helping, but you need to kind of not do the work for the child. So, you know, how, how are you going to manage that parental involvement? How can you help the parents to, you know, do just enough but not too much it's it's i i welcome it it's a wonderful thing just like i would in the classroom where i have an open door policy i absolutely love that they're getting more involved that they're forced some of them are forced you know to get more involved i have found though over the past three weeks that that first week they were more hands-on now they're you know they're, they're, they're stepping back and allowing the kids to do more of the work on their own well, you know, they're supervising, providing assistance more so than doing the work for them. That very first week was tough because all those 100s, I knew mom was doing the work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah. now, you know, now the parents are, are stepping back a little bit because they see that the kids can manage. And not only that, but I think it's important because we have the live classes and they get to me, they get to hear me. I, you know, I manage them just like I would face to face. So the parents realize that, you know what, the kids, they have it, they, they, they can do this. They just need a little bit of help, but they don't need anybody to do the work for them. Definitely. They are very, very capable. Parents, please allow your child to complete third grade. You have already done so. <laughs> <laughs> I particularly appreciated the educators' expectations for the amount of hours that um, they thought it should take each child to complete their work. So here's Sherelle Johnson's response. And note, I love the way she calls her students scholars. So the way we, when we send home um, our plans, we kind of sat down as a team. We do want the scholars to um, complete assignments and to engage in all subjects each day. And so we tried to plan it out to where they were spending no more than two and a half to three hours a day. Um, um, completing schoolwork. And so I know for math, because we're departmentalized and I teach math, um, typically kind of the way that it plays out is they'll have an online tutorial um, video that they'll watch and then they'll complete an, on, an, an assignment, whether through MobiMax, um, USA Test Prep, GimKit. And then um, it, it's kind of similar for ELA as well. Science is a little more interactive and we try to kind of give them variety within that just so it did, you know, to keep them engaged and so they weren't bored. So we try to kind of keep it to between two and three hours. Um, although we know not every child sits down and spends that amount of time like back to back. And I know doing parent-teacher conferences, you know, yesterday and today, um, a lot of my parents said that their kids will kind of do uh, spend about 30, 45 minutes working on one subject, take a break, and then go to the next um, subject. And then there are some kids that sit down and do it all together. And I told them, you know, whatever works for you and whatever works for their child, that um, that, that that works as long as, you know, they stay engaged and get in the assignments complete. It seems like each school's expectation may be a little different, but if you listen to each teacher's heart, it is the same. <laughs> 
The parents are given a lot of grace. Frances Smith summarizes well the teacher's perspective. And um, at my school, for my uh, third grade team, the expectation is that, that their kids are spending at least three to four hours a day. Of course, if you're younger, those hours are decreased on their assignments. However, I do know that that's not always the case and that things happen and you know we're okay with that. But we also do let our parents know that we are extremely flex flexible and under understanding. So if their child isn't able to complete all the work, then it's okay but they are required to do all subjects. And mm -hmm. even I think like as Nikisha was saying, the enrichment, gifted, all those extra classes are embedded in our Google Classroom. So those teachers post assignments in our Google Classroom for the kids to do. These teachers continue to check in with the parents as well. I would urge all parents to reach out to your child's teacher if you're experiencing any trouble. Some schools have tried to tried their best to create a schedule that mirrors the, what the child was doing in school before the COVID-19 crisis. Principal Jackson School, for example, has managed to do a remarkable job with this. Oh, we created a, um, I created a massive schedule for my, for my um, teachers and we also shared it with families. So our school day runs from nine to one. Um, and that includes like they have specials that we have PE, um, art, library, and Spanish. It still happens as well. Oh, wow. Our kids are required to be K through eight required to be um, in two hours of live lessons. So they'll do ELA and social studies or math and science. And, um, and then they'll also, they can self-select for specials, um, which is 45 minutes a day. So that's built into their schedule. And again, families were also, I shared the schedule with families so they knew exactly what time they could log into whatever specials that they want. And, you know, we made it, um, self-select so they can, if they want to go to PE every day, they can do that. And we have kids who do that every day. Um, and then for our ECE or pre-K classes, um, they do two hours as well of like live streaming, live lessons. Um, that can be a read aloud. It can be, you know, they do their morning meeting, their circle time. Um, we're doing small groups. We started small groups this week. And then they, we also in their schedule are built in a recess time to ensure that kids are actually getting a break. Um, and then they also, we built for pre-K, we built, I built in nap time as well for them. So they can go to nap time in the afternoon and, and get their, you know, similar to their, their schedule if they were actually at school. So um, we normed our schedule as a, as a team and our families um, were shared, where they were provided with a schedule for the whole school. So, so um, let me just follow up with that. So you're saying you send out a schedule they have some live streaming, but let's say, for example, if they decide to do PE, is that a PE instructor doing a live Absolutely. streaming class? Yep. Okay. So they log in and they get there. It's a regular PE teacher and he's, they're doing videos, they're doing, they're doing activities, they're working on skills. Uh -huh. Art, it's the same for art, for Spanish, if they're all, so all of my teachers are required to be online for two hours a day doing uh -huh. live lessons okay. um, with kiddos. Okay. Okay. I think like Carell, I mean, we're also expecting high quality work, um, but understanding that, you know, some of our, some of our families, um, like they just don't have the support at home. We have parents who are essential workers. We also, I'm, we're in DC, a lot of people are still essential workers. So some, some kids are home with siblings, um, mm -hmm. you know, other family members who can't support, but we, we definitely expect always that our kids are going to be um, doing high quality work. I expect my teachers to plan a rigorous instruction for kids as if we were still in, in, in school, like we still, we're doing weekly professional developments. We're working, again, we are continuing as if we were still there. Um, but, you know, of course being flexible and understanding you know, that families are facing challenges. And the last thing we want to do for families right now is to cause undue stress 
um, it's already a stressful time and we want to be mindful of that and know that that, of course, will then affect, um, affect our children. So we expect it, but we're also patient and understanding and we're supporting kids as they need support. So we see that the teachers are trying to create some normalcy for their students as they uh, transfer to this new online environment. They also talked about some pretty useful ways to illustrate the classroom learning. Sherelle Johnson gave us a fun example of this when she live streamed from her kitchen. What I realized is, um, of course, before we got out for, um, you know, school ended abruptly, we were in the process of preparing the kids for Georgia Milestones. Um, and so we were in that test prep mode, um, reviewing, hardcore. And so, of course, when Georgia Milestones was suspended, that didn't necessarily relieve, you know, the expectations of, of kind of keeping the expectations high for the kids. But I decided to kind of take a more fun approach. So we've been uh, reviewing fractions. So what I decided to do um, was instead of just go through the packet, instead of just have a mini lesson at my board and teaching, um, I decided to go in the kitchen and we took a recipe um, and I showed it, I shared my screen with the kids, the recipe, and they actually talked me through um, I think the recipe yielded like 24 cupcakes and instead of 24, we wanted half of them. So the kids did the, the, the work with me um, in order for us to cut the recipe in half. And of course I baked, um, baked it and the kids were really excited about um, just that process. And that also for the parents who were watching, mm. that gave them a, um, just another way of engaging their kids at home. It may be with a different recipe just to encourage, you know, um, more of those real life applications of what they're real life applications of what they're learning in the classroom. Listen, if your school is not doing this, good news and good news. You get to do it anyway. Dust off your old recipe book and help your kid make half or a fourth of the recipe. Yes, parents, this is a great opportunity for you to jump in and make these mundane math problems come to life. Um, in the kitchen or even outside. So take this tip from Corel Williams. Yes, definitely for us for so for science when like for right after spring break, um, they'll be working on a compost garden and that's something that I'm sending to the parents. So the parents will work on it with the students as they, you know, gather the soil and the um, ingredients from the house. So they'll be working on that with their parents, definitely. What if you could replace your essential errand trip to the supermarket and instead run out or walk to your backyard and pick tomatoes and bell peppers? Your compost project will help your garden grow. There you go. Two projects. You are welcome. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, teachers around the nation are very understanding. Um, parents, take solace in the fact that your teachers know you are under stress and they're here to help. Let's have a listen. Again, as I mentioned, I just finished um, my last few parent-teacher conferences today, and I found that a lot of my parents are stressed. Um, actually, majority of my home, uh, majority of them have come from single family homes and a lot of them, their parents are actually still required to work because their positions are considered um, essential. So the biggest um, kind of advice that I could offer for them was to set a schedule that worked for both, um, for both their schedule and even to make sure that the children stay engaged. I'm actually in the process of creating one. So I found some schedules that were online, but just thinking about my student population and their families, I know that those are unrealistic for them. 
And so I'm in the process of kind of creating a friendly schedule for um, both the single um, parent families and the parents that are working. I know a lot of them, they're the, when their parents are at work, they're with the older sibling or they're with their grandparents. Um, and then the other piece, I just kind of stress to them the importance of finding some quiet time and just kind of mandating, you know, within the household, mm, hey, this mm -hmm. is the quiet time so that the parents can decompress so that they can get any work that they need to get done, get that done. But I definitely strongly recommended that. Um, and even during that quiet time, quiet time, that just may look like the students are required to be in their rooms reading. Um, they can be on their devices. They can quietly watch TV or play with one another. But just having that boundary of, listen, this is mommy's time. This is daddy's time. Auntie, grandma's time. Um, I'm here if an emergency happens, but I told them that, you know, it's really important for their sanity and also just to keep that healthy environment within the, the household. Um, but the biggest thing is the schedule. Mm, okay. Mm. And I think also, you know, for parents, you know, like reassuring them that like it is okay if it's not perfect. Like they are not, you know, I, I, I was talking with parents, they pop into classrooms talking with parents and like, guys, you're not trained teachers. It is okay. Like, this is also new for all of us. So, you know, having parents give themselves some grace, like it's not going to be perfect. And we know that you have work and we know you have other children and other responsibilities. So, you know, do what you can and the rest of it, like, it'll be okay. Like, whatever happens, it'll be okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think because it's also important for us to be flexible, to be extremely mm -hmm. flexible, you know, just like we would be at school, but even more so now, you know, that we're in this predicament, um, to, you know, what we do is explain to our parents, we've had, you know, in our parent meetings, explain to them that, you know, it's, if you can't meet the deadline, it's okay. Just mm -hmm. let us know. You know, there's no pressure. Don't feel, you know, oh my goodness, she has to have this done by Friday, knowing that, you know, and, and most of my parents work from home. So they're busy on their own, doing their own thing and the kids, you know, so we've, we've had to stress that, you know, please don't feel pressured into you know, oh, the deadlines, we are flexible, we are, we're in this together, we're here to, to support you, you know, so let us know if there's anything that we can do, but more importantly, don't get hung up on these, it's due on Friday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, th I think that's the important thing, letting them know that, hey, we are in this, in, we're in this together, and that we get frustrated also, but also letting them know that they can reach out to us, and we are here for support, and, you know, again, I think Nikisha said also giving themselves grace, knowing that, it's okay they don't get to do every single assignment, but knowing that they can come to us for support. The main focus is keeping the kids engaged and making sure that they are transitioning to this new virtual environment. We wondered whether kids were being, were required or encouraged to set up a workspace that was conducive for their lessons. You know, it varies from household to household in terms of the amount of space that they have. So I have students who, when I'm on live Zoom with them, they're in their bedroom. Others are at the dining table. I had one jumping over the couch the other day. You know, I had to, <laughs> 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 I had to tell him, stop jumping over the couch and, you know, let's get it together. So it, you know, I know that the space varies. So I have not set anything, you know, any kind of guidelines. Yeah, neither have we. we. It's been, you know, kids are laying on their bed with their kittens. We've had kids, you know, you know, when in the room with two other siblings in the background on different devices. So we've, you know, that will be on a case by case basis. Like if if the learning environment is not conducive, then of course we will have like offline conversations with, with kids and parents about, you know, how to create a better environment for home. But right now, it's we just want kids to be on and we want kids to be engaged. And as long as they're they're on and engaging, then we're okay with that. So although these schools have not yet 
set any guidelines for a workspace, you may still want to create a special place for your little people. We also got some great ideas for you to keep your scholars motivated. Even prior to, um, you know, coming out of the classroom and transitioning to virtual learning, I do something called top five. Um, and it's just kind of to create some healthy competition in the class. My kids are very competitive. And so each week, based on the assignments, um, I'm able to kind of post on class tag uh, who our top five are this week. And so the kids are super hype about it. So they make sure that they get their online assignments completed um, and just kind of take an average of, of their scores. And then they get to see, okay, here's where I am. And they love that. And a lot of times, even the kids who, you know, are struggling learners, they never from kind of just keeping it safe, they never feel any type of way. I try to also incorporate some of those students in top five as well, just to motivate them. But I keep that creative, that that healthy competition and they look forward to um, even on the Zoom session. So Jonathan, have you posted top five yet? Um, so they love that as well. Okay. That's and for my own, we're, we're big, I'm big on rewards. I'm known as the queen of treats in third grade in my school. So. Uh, just like I would give them treats in class, what I did the first, after the first week, I went to school, got some treats for them. The principal gave me a big envelope. So what we do is we have fun Friday. We still have, you know, treats throughout the week. And then um, I mail them treats oh. in the mail. So they still, we just got off earlier today with our fun Friday. We had science class and then fun Friday. So we still have our competitions. The classroom community that we built prior to this, we still have that. We know that there's no shame in our game. We look, we do look for the top, you know, even if we're doing a competition, it doesn't matter if you lose, it's okay. You know, everybody can't be a winner, but they, you know, they, they compete. We give, and I'm big, I'm a big fan of rewards. Just like we work, you know, our reward might be in the form of a paycheck or in, well, as teachers in the form of, uh, personal gratification you know that's right but for teachers but you know it's like adults work for you know rewards so do the kids so i'm very, very big on giving rewards yeah um, one of the, I, would, I would definitely be doing my work if i was gonna get something in the mail from my teacher i'd be like i want yes that's a nice Price. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, Carol, you have my teachers asking me for an envelope too, because Carol, she, she made my staff meeting and shared that, that practice, and now you're asking me for the, the offering envelopes, as they call it. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say to another way to to get kids to be just you know focused and motivated throughout the day is just providing brain breaks too, which is just like a little short mental break that is taken during the instructional day. And that can be, they're typically about five minutes and you can have kids just, you know, go walk to the mailbox or do some kind of movement. And um, that kind of just really helps them just kind of refocus and recharge back into the lesson. So if your child's class has not incorporated any of these practices, again, good news and good news. You can modify this top five list and keep track of it to fit your home. For example, number one, make your bed every morning number two brush your teeth morning and night number three put on clothes that look halfway decent number four no complaining number five give a sibling a genuine compliment every day again you know your people better than we do so make make sure it suits your family and don't forget to give treats yes Yes, I love treats. You know, Temu, 
One treat could even be a virtual field trip. I had never heard of these before. Um, We talked to these teachers. Francis Smith and Carell Williams have shared several with us, and we will make these available to you on our Facebook page at the Homeschool Planning Period or on our website, thehomeschoolplanningperiod.com. So we've done the uh, Georgia Aquarium, the San Diego Zoo. And so, so far we've only done two. We've done the Aquarium and the San Diego Zoo, but there is a, there are a plethora of them. There, there's a whole bunch of them out there. I can send you some links for your parents with you know, links to the virtual field trips. We have, they have history field trips. They have field trips for the math students. They have quite a few of them that our, our teachers are using at our school. Yeah, I agree. There are uh, several lists, and Tamu, I can send you that list also for like, uh, you know, virtual trips to the Georgia Capitol, the zoo, Georgia Aquarium, and again, there's so many out there, but I will definitely, I can send you the list so you can share them with your listeners. You know, my favorite part of the conversation we had with these fantastic educators was their encouraging words to parents. I think the biggest thing is, like, I found myself reminding my parents a lot today remember I am still here you are not by yourself I am still Mm -hmm. here because I think they kind of process it as I have all of my kids at home they have all of their work I have to figure out how to make sure all of that everyone gets their work done that I still get everything done that I have to do um and so just the biggest thing that I would say is just remember the teachers are still available we aren't just on some island on vacation um (laughs) we are still here I'm ready to support whenever you need us. And I just kind of had to keep saying that over and over on almost every parent-teacher conference call that I am here. You are not by Mm -hmm. yourself. You are not doing this by yourself. I'm not expecting you to jump into super teacher mode and take over. No, please call me. Please text me. Please uh, call me virtually. Whatever you need to do, just know I am here. Don't panic, that kind of thing. That's the biggest thing. Just remember that you are not by yourself. That's and good. for me, it's just to tell, you know, I tell mine to hang in there. We'll mm-hmm. get through this, hang in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think similar to what Cheryl said, like, we are still here. The school is still here. We're still a resource for kids um, beyond academics. I mean, we're, if you need food, you know, we're, we'll be giving out gift cards. We are P, our PTA raised almost $5,000 in um, funds for, for us to buy gift cards for roses or purchases. So we are here for tech resources, for parenting advice, for food, you know, whatever it is that you need, like we, the school is still here. Yeah. And I would say this is temporary. It will be over soon. We are flexible. We're understanding and definitely reach out to us for support because we are here and it is a collaborative approach. You know, we know it takes a village. So we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And we got passionate responses when we asked if they missed your kids. Listen to this. So do you all miss your, your, your kids? Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. I'll take going to work. I'll take the commute. I'll take parents going off of me. I'll take everything. <laughs> me too. I will, I will take it. I, I, yesterday I was in a meeting and they were talking about, I can have, like, I'm in a hug withdrawal because I hug all my kids every day. So Aww. I'm going from getting hundreds of hugs and, you know, the ones who want to give hugs and, you know, good mornings, all those, you know, wonderful smiling faces to, to none. That's, that's been the hardest part is, is mm. like not being able to like interact with the kiddos and you know and and affirm them and love on them like what they like, like they need yeah 
Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I have Zoom calls with my kids every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for 30 minutes. And I look forward to those moments because you get to see their face. And it's just, you know, like they, and sometimes you kind of just have to put yourselves in their shoes because they're going through a lot right now too and not being able to, you know, see their friends and see their teacher. So we, you know, we do miss them. Yeah. And, and that same thing with Francis Sharon, like we have a lot of kids who are, who, who experience trauma and don't have great home lives and mm. school, is, school is the reprieve from that and now they're they're in households where it may be toxic um mm. so, you know, even us having that's one of the reasons why the live lessons are so important for our school like i mean of course we want our kids to continue getting instruction but more than anything seeing their colleagues seeing their teachers seeing what's consistent and familiar to them is a great benefit for them so emotionally so we've really been like trying to get everybody on so they can because they get so excited to see their friends and their teachers and just mm. have just to engage with, with with people we tried to get you access to these excellent teachers <laughs> we um we asked if any one of them or any one of our parents could log into these teachers' classes. It really, they made them sound, you know, very exciting and engaging and, you know, excellent teachers. Well, I was signing, I was signing in. I was going to sign in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, you can't, right. But good news and good news. They have all contributed resources for us to share with you. So here's a final plug for teachers and administrators across the nation Keep up the good keep up the good work and thank you. Thank you, thank you for helping thank parents you. transition into quarantine teaching 2020. Absolutely. I'm gonna give a plug for for teachers and admin across the, the, the districts. Um, you know, so not everybody's in the same place. Um, but I think some of it is there's uh, communities are different and they're different dynamics. Um, in each community, I think we we are we all all of us on this call work in communities that we were able to kind of roll out a, a quick plan and kids had access. But knowing mm-hmm. that you know there is, I think I I believe that teachers are all willing. I mean for the most part, but there are definitely each community faces different barriers um, that may be unique to their communities that prevent them from like rolling out this full plan um, where we are. You know, I, I was fortunate. I have a sister who's who had been doing this for a week and a half prior to my school going to. So she was a, a great, Carell was great for me and my staff to be able to like, here are some creative ways that we can do distance learning because I, I would have been like, oh, what are we doing? So, you know, I, I think everybody is willing at us think that resources are different um, in different communities and, you know, teacher capability and capacity to actually like use these online tools, particularly if you were teaching for 40 years and you've never used Google Classrooms or whatever it is. Um, of course, we need to get up to the time and up to speed. Um, but I think people are at different starting points. These ladies are truly phenomenal. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and learned um, quite a few things. I was very impressed at their high standards for education and uh, impressed with their love and their passion that they have for their students. The bar has definitely been raised, even for us regular homeschoolers. So, although this was a bunch of information, let's sum it up with our list of seven. Number one, your teachers are still available. Your school has not deserted you. You have the best of both worlds. Now go ahead and add some adventure to their learning. Number two, Find out what resources your school is offering, such as laptops or manipulatives. You can pick those up from the school. Go ahead and get them. This will save you a lot of time and frustration. Number three, actively communicate with your child's teacher. 
If you want your child's teacher to do something more, just ask. Number four, stay connected. If they are not having Zoom meetings or other conference calls with the whole class due to unfamiliarity or being uncomfortable with technology, you could volunteer to host a get-together for your child's class to help the process along. Mm -hmm. Number five, create your top five list and treat box. Keep your scholar motivated and engaged. Number six, get in the kitchen or the backyard or both and get hands-on with real-life math and science. Number seven, level up from surviving to thriving. Embrace this experience. It will soon be a memory. Make it a good one. If you would like a copy of that list of virtual field trips, or if you have any questions, email us at quarantteaching2020 at gmail.com. That's Q-U-A-R-A-N-T-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-2020 at gmail.com. And please go and like our Facebook page at the Homeschool Planning Period. Well, this episode is in the books. Until next planning period, keep washing your hands with soap and be the teacher you want your child to have. Mm -hmm.